Okay, we'll start again. Nice to be with you on this auspicious occasion. It's an auspicious occasion for all the Hindus and particularly for Gaudiya Vaishnavas, members of our own a particular tradition within the broader uh, banner of the uh, Hindu world. And the occasion is um, celebration of the harvest and the Leela, the divine play of the Bhagavatam that uh, corresponds with that time as Krishna is just uh, uh, transitioning from his boyhood to his adolescence. Mm. And um, on its face, I think, uh, of course, the story is, is, uh, is about the worship of the mountain, Mount Govardhan. And uh, mountain worship, uh, nature worship, animism, um, if you will, is uh, obviously thought to be rather theologically uh, primitive. Um, and on its face, it would appear that uh, the Govardhan Leela is um, a expression of, of such. But if we follow the, the text of the Bhagavatam, uh, we find uh, that's not the case. In other words, it appears to be uh, a story of village people who are not very well educated, um, nomadic people, cowherd people, uh, whose livelihood is caring for cows, who uh, worship uh, a mountain that's prominent in their uh, vicinity, in their area, from which they derive a considerable um, amount of their uh, sustenance through uh, grasses for the cows and and so on. So we worship the mountain. A mountain is a prominent manifestation of nature, bigger than ourselves, that's providing for us. Uh, in, in, in different ways, taking care of us, and um, and with a view to, through such worship, secure our um, material position, improve it, um, um, uh, it's in uh, what it appears to be in pursuit of. Um, uh, material acquisition, um, and so forth. Um, however, this pertains only to the human-like setting in which Krishna Leela appears. And the word human-like, of course, uh, both words are equally important, human and like. Uh, so the like, to emphasize it here, means it's human-like, but it's not human. Hmm? So it transcends the limits of humanity and the narrative of the Leela is full of insights. Um, aside from its attractiveness in and of itself, 
um, um, that uh, are intended as the attractive Leela is to uh, enable us facilitate uh, our own transcendence of the limits of humanity, or it could be said to uh, enhance our ability to live a fully human life. And as much as human life is differentiated from less complex forms of life in that it gives us the opportunity to inquire about meaning, purpose, value, and is driven human life by a sense that there is more to life than what meets the eye and the mind. As I've often said, it's full of the celebrations of the moments in which we expand what were pre or transcend or break what was previously thought to be the limits of our human abilities, whether it be physical, mental, intellectual. So, of course, from the perspective of the um, of a transcendentalist, the sense in human society that there's more and that we can um, go beyond the limits of uh, or what appears to be the limits, physical limits, uh, as I say, mental and intellectual limits. From the transcendentalist perspective, the reason that we are so driven, if you will, and possessed is because the Atma, the self, which is transcendent to the physical, mental, and intellectual is now coming to the fore in human life and seeking to be um, tended to, if you will, the self, the Atma. Um, so, um, um, the Leela is human-like and like means it's different from limited human um, interactions and is and affords us entrance into um, transcendental life. So we look uh, beyond the charming setting, if you will, which looks very simple and primitive, uh, if you will, there's also a feature uh, or a point here to be to be raised that, that that with regard to the setting of such leelas, the Bhagavatam brings our attention to simple people, simple village people, um, less complex, unburdened largely by a um, very avaricious intellect that needs to be satisfied. Um, um, uh, something that intellect that the Bhagavatam seeks to, uh, to, to quench entirely, um, to, uh, to drown it out, if you will, that the heart could come out and we could know in a way that transcends the limits of our intellectual capacity uh, to know, which is obviously in the speak of knowing, knowing how to be, how to be happy, because that's what we're seeking to know. Mm -hmm. um, with exercise of intellect alone, it would be difficult to arrive at comprehensive happiness. So the Bhagavatam advocates a transrational approach um, to knowing. And uh, it uh, extols, in a sense, as I'm saying, the virtues of 
simple uh, village life, less complicated, um, less driven, possessed uh, uh, by by the by, by the intellect, um, the uh, the realm has been described to illustrate the point further as the realm of bhakti, which is a heart exercise, uh, unencumbered by knowledge, gan shunya bhakti. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of a a, know, a knowing found within an apparent unknowing. Hmm. I think that love is kind of an unknowing, a knowing inside of an apparent unknowing as well. I don't have to go into that, but um, the, the setting is, is one thing. And as I say on its surface, it uh, may cause us to think this is a very primitive uh, story of primitive people for maybe we can learn some moral lesson, something like that. But uh, right at the onset of the, the, the Leela itself, Krishna makes it clear that uh, there's much more to be found in this uh, uh, story, if you will. Um, and he does so by way of challenging the worship of the people, um, of the community that was uh, focused on the sky god, hmm? the, who's thought to be the, the, the Indra, the chief of heaven, who embodies the, the perfection of material prosperity, enjoyment, and enjoyment that one could attain hmm, by a religious approach that is in pursuit of such. In other words, the worship of a god uh, for the sake of material prosperity. Again, it looks like the mountain worship is for that, hmm, uh, but uh, uh, Krishna advocates the mountain worship, worship of Govardhan in place of or over worship that was previously being conducted on an annual basis uh, for material prosperity um, through the veneration of sacrifice offered to, again, as I say, the sky god, Indra, who is uh, thought to be the chief person in heaven. So if you want to go to heaven, well, uh, you couldn't be more securely in heaven than if you attained the post of of Indra him, himself. Hmm? So Krishna dismisses this this type of worship altogether at the onset of the uh, of, of the Leela. and um, basically he, be, what, he he of course he questions where does this idea come from? The community had been involved in such such worship. Um, uh, now he's just a budding adolescent in his childhood, in his early childhood. Of course, he was traumatized by this worship of Indra. Hmm? When uh, home alone with his mother and all of the assistance 
of her household were busy for the worship of Indra, the sky god, this annual affair. And while she was nursing her child, she was boiling milk on the stove and milk began to uh, reach the point of boiling over. And so she put the child down to tend to the milk. He objected. Um, had there not been a big arrangement being made to worship Indra, there would have been nurses and maidservants who could have taken care of the milk and, and so forth and uh, so on. So he was uh, traumatized by this. And now as he comes in his adolescence, he understands that's what happened to me then. She did that to me, that happened. And then of course, there's a whole Leela when, when she tends to the milk and puts him down and then he becomes upset and, and um, breaks the butter pot steals yogurt so and then she chases him gets tied up so this is a very traumatizing uh, event in the life of uh, childhood krishna that of course now as he comes into adolescence he, he, he this is coming up and he identifies that this arrangement to worship Indra is the cause of that uh, trauma hmm. um, so he's objecting hmm. why all this attention to, to Indra, if you're going to if you're going to give, which is what love is about, you have to find someone in whom you can repose your whole heart, not a half heart. Worship shouldn't be done half-heartedly. I'll give you this if you give me that. This is bargaining. Uh, Prahlad says, famous. Uh, paradigmatic person of the Bhagavatam, nasa britya savayavanik, don't be a merchant, be, be a servant, be a servant means a giver without any expectation of, uh, of return. So this whole idea of the karma marg, hmm, varnashram, worship of gods and goddesses, or different, uh, the veneration of different a powerful features of nature that we're dependent upon, hmm? um, showing, if it, as it is, uh, gratitude for them. This is a good idea, but in and of itself, it's hardly the sum and substance of uh, what, uh, or the heart of of religion and spiritual life, which Krishna, of course, Lila uh, is is centered on. So uh, he dismisses the, the karma mark. Hmm? He dismisses this uh, kind of uh, childish, if you will, form of religion and uh, limited, very limited giving, if you will, kind of, a, again, as I said, more of, uh, more of a bargaining. And in its stead, of course, he advocates um, ultimately the worship of himself. And he does so through turning the attention of the uh, residents of the village to the mountain. Hmm? He turns them to the mountain, to the Govardhan, which is a, is a provider, Govardhan, the Vardhana means to increase, and um, Go means your cows, so to increase the, that which, um, um, and facilitate the, the cows who are our, uh, livelihood. So again, the context, it looks as if it's, it's concerned with our um, 
material prospect or the inhabitant's material prospect um, and so forth. But of course, he ultimately shows himself to be uh, non-different uh, from the hill. Hmm? Um, and uh, he does so by way of climbing on top of the hill hmm? while uh, under his direction, a very grand uh, festival uh, of worship of the hill is, is taking place. And as he climbs to the top of the hill, the hill seems to personify, take on a personhood and a form that resembles his own while he's standing on, on top of it. And this is very uh, extraordinary uh, uh, and uh, startling kind of experience for the for the residents that the object of their worship, an inanimate hill, has now become alive hmm? and speaking to them. Anior, give me more, give me more. He says, "There's Krishna on top, and there's a resemblance between himself and the hill." Then he comes down from the hill and he joins the worship of the hill with them. So the the extent to which the inhabitants understood that Krishna was non-different from the hill is not entirely clear, but it's important for us as Sharanagatas, Sadakas, to understand this point. But we should take note of this, the magical uh, feature of this Leela, which might cause on its surface someone to relegate it to just a, you know a, a story that of course that never really happens if you will hmm? um, we shouldn't look at it like that because what the story is about again is giving unlimitedly hmm? the Christian encouraged them to the, the whole village and extend, extensions beyond the immediate village to bring rice and chapatis and uh, uh, sweets and so forth. And it's a huge offering. The, the implication of it is give everything. Hmm? Give everything that you have to the hill. Hmm? Um, <coughs> excuse me. And so when we when our worship becomes love that's when we give everything we give our very self krishna has argued why give yourself to someone indra who won't give himself back to you is that a good idea no hmm? you will give yourself which is alive for a thing for example some material acquisition that's not alive, you will give your love in exchange for something that doesn't have, inherently has no capacity to love, a thing, some, some material um, uh, commodity acquisition. He says, this is not a good idea. Hmm? Not a good idea. Hmm? Give your whole self. He says, give to the mountain. Of course, he shows us He's not different from the mountain. He's really saying, give yourself 
to me, my position is such that I can reciprocate unlimitedly. Neither am I a thing. I am Param Brahman itself. I am the supreme manifestation of consciousness. I'm Swayam Bhagwan. When you, the point is here, when you give yourself entirely in love, what to speak of giving it entirely yourself in love to an object of love that can fully accept the love and reciprocate in kind, what will take place? Well, we only have to look at what takes place when we imperfectly love. Even when we imperfectly love, the result is magical. And we all have this experience. Let's take, uh, well, even in the animal kingdom, let's take, for example, a dog who is well-loved by his master. And there are many stories like this, who then becomes, by chance of circumstance, separated by thousands of miles. Yet, he finds his way to, to, to again, unite with his master, crossing mountains and streams and rivers and um, across the plains, uh, through the cities, uh, uh, and so forth. I mean, you can try to reduce that to some hormonal, you know, physical uh, phenomenon, hmm? but uh, the heart, of course, the, <laughs> the problem with this is the most difficult thing in terms of, of a purely physicalist perspective where everything, reality is just physical forces. The hardest thing to do in making a comprehensive um, case for that is to reduce consciousness to, to the physical. We say that's the hardest part of it. That's the whole part of it. <laughs> that's the whole thing. If you can't do that, the whole thing is thrown out. Hmm? They put it off. Well, we, we, we've demonstrated everything is physical. Just this one part. We, we can't quite show yet how to reduce consciousness to just being a physical force. Hmm? No more than that. Hmm? Just this one little piece left. But it's not one piece. It's the whole thing. <laughs> if you can't do that, the whole thing is thrown out. The whole physicalist perspective is, is thrown out. Um, and of course, it's, it's certainly not a very um, life-giving Hmm? enthusing perspective to reduce the story of the dog, uh, for example, that I'm giving as an il illustration to simply some hormonal uh, or, or physical um, uh, forces. What makes it attractive hmm? is the idea that, it, that, 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 that the love hmm? is transcending the, the 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 other otherwise what would have been uh, limitations what have would have been impossible love has the ability to do the impossible love as we say can turn faults into ornaments to put it in context of the story love can move mountains mm -hmm. and this is our uh experience mm -hmm. i mean i'll just give one story from the that brings the animal and the human kingdom together, if you will. But there, this is what humanity is celebrating over and over again, that really the power 
of love and the, and the examples that we give are all, of course, limited. Hmm? They are not necessarily love that's, that's unconditional and constitutes a full giving of the self, nor do they speak of giving the self entirely to that which has the capacity to reciprocate fully in kind, which is what we find in the Govardhan Leela. So if we take our own limited experience of relative love, if you will, hmm, which is not that bad of a thing, uh, because uh, you know, we can philosophically or from a Vedanta point of view say, there's no real love in the world. It's only really a lust. But actually the world itself is born out of love. Lokavattu, lila kaivalyam, the sutras of the Vedanta say. The world is born out of Vishnu's love, lila. His, lila is, 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 a, is a movement that re- requires nothing. It's not in pursuit or in need of something like karmic movement is. Hmm? It's a movement out of fullness, out of completeness, hmm? which is what love is full and complete, and it's a giving. So the world, he, he gives the world, so to speak. Hmm? And, and relatively speaking, of course, in love, um, we move from physical, biological, psychological sense of self, we, we move beyond the narrow limits of selfishness to a broader, even if it's to a broader idea that includes some selfishness, but it's still broader. Like instead of identifying just with myself, I identify with a significant other and his or her needs or the family unit or the country. I become a country, countryman, a countrywoman, nationalist. So my, my sense of self is expanding becoming bigger, if you will, as I am giving up lesser or more, I should say, more selfish considerations of, of what I am, what constitutes my, my being. Now, that's not to say that by simply, uh, I mean, let's look at it like this. There's a difference between pornography and philanthropy. They both start with a P, but they're, but they're, they're different. Hmm? Someone may love in the realm of por- the pornographic, which we, you know, we, we, we would put on kind of a low level of, of what it, you know, appears to be love. And then phil- philanthropy is on, on the higher level. There's a difference between uh, lust, let us say, hmm? in Tamaguna and lust, in Satvaguna. But it's not a fact, or it's not the case, that simply by uh, giving materially and moving from, let's say, a pornographic perspective to a philanthropic perspective, one will end up in bhakti. That's not true. Hmm? Because bhakti is not a shakti of the self, of the atma. But you could end up in self-realization you could end up understanding and then experiencing that the Atma in this world is the real object of love. It's said in the Upanishads, one doesn't love the mother, one doesn't love the father, the wife, the children. 
Hmm? Neither the children does not love, love the father and so forth. Everyone loves the self. Hmm? The self actually has some capacity to love. Jiva Goswami describes it as the object of love in the world. Hmm? Everything's moving around uh, the self. So if we expand, if you will, our sense of self from individual to family to nation to universal uh, we come to universal compassion the layers covering the self the gunas are untied so to speak in a very very elevated subtle sattvic uh, influence the self is experienced the atma So we can realize and experience the object of love in this world. In a sense, there's something to be said for better or higher forms of material love leading in the direction of the spiritual. But however, of course, to move from self-realization to God religion, then some bhakti is required. Something has to come from, from that side. Hmm? Here we can conduct ourselves in such a way as to get a get a get a passport. Hmm? But you need a visa to go to the other side. So self-realization is like the like the um, passport. You find a lot of gyanis, for example, or even advaitans, um, and they're involved in just giving. They 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 people give them all kinds of money, they give money for open schools, hospitals, welfare work for others, so on and so forth. Um, and um, by such, not in and of itself, but along with other practices, one can become self-realized, but to become God-realized and attain uh, mukti, liberation, this requires some uh, uh, dispensation, some invitation from that side. So. You need a, a visa to be stamped on your uh, passport. Hmm? And that's what we're, the Bhagavatam, of course, is talking about. Hmm? And in this Leela, the idea of loving hmm? or giving fully the self to the perfect, perfectly giving to the perfect object of love. So if in imperfect love we can get such magical results, as the dog going a thousand miles, whatever it may be, um, um, or becoming self-realized, to become complete in oneself, atmaram, have no necessity, have universal uh, compassion. That's rather uh, magical to transcend the um, oppression, if you will, of the mind and the senses, that the force of, 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 of the senses that often causes us to do things that are un, unbecoming. Hmm? To, so to transcend uh, such um, uh, forces, this is, well, supernatural. Hmm? This, I'm saying, can be done by imperfectly loving. What Krishna is advocating in the Bhagavatam is how to perfectly love, how to hone the loving 
we have a capacity as the Atma to love. If we connect that, that, that is connected with bhakti, the dispensation from transcendence, from goloka, golokeru premodhan, harinam sankirtan. Harinam sankirtan, it has been in, exported here. Hmm? If our capacity to love is in touch with this, then what kind of magic, the point is, will come from that? Hmm? Again, love has the power to move mountains. Hmm? And this mountain is moving. <laughs> the inhabitants weren't clear as the story goes on whether Krishna was lifting the mountain or it was just levitating. Hmm? And he was just keeping it balanced hmm? with the help of some of his friends. Hmm? So they, they, here, the idea is this animated world of Goloka where mountains are alive and can fly, for example. This is speaking about the power of, uh, of love in its fullest expression of bhakti rasa. To enter into a world, as my guru Prabhupada used to say, where in that lexicon, in that dictionary, the word impossible is not found. And we get a hint in this world, from imperfect loving, that such a realm exists. We can just tap slightly in, in its direction. And now, here, the story of Gobind Lila is telling us how to, how to fully uh, enter there. So you can see this is a very uh, sophisticated theological uh, perspective that's uh, being offered in the Bhagavatam in the context of what appears to be like, as I said, some story of primitive people uh, worshiping a, a mountain. Hmm? So I worship the mountain on Krishna's request. The mountain actually showed a number, according to Jiva Swami, his comment on this, showed a number of different forms, hmm? all of which uh, served to demonstrate his capacity, the mountain, of course, it's not different from Krishna, but his capacity to protect them from all types of things. He showed forms that, that demonstrated he'd protect them from snakes, from, from uh, things on the ground, from things coming from the sky, uh, uh, so on and so forth, from, from all directions. This is, of course, a, a, a leela that, um, in one sense, is focused on what, what we call sharanagati. It's a leela that illustrates the conclusion of the Bhagavad Gita. The conclusion of the Bhagavad Gita is, Krishna says, Sarva Dharman Prityaja, Mam Ekam Sharanam Raja. Give up the worship of Indra. Hmm? He says, Sarva Dharman Prityaja, and anything related to that. Hmm? Give up this merchant, this business uh, transaction. Uh, all together, give up taking, hmm? and also put it also means and also give up uh, knowing just for its own sake. Hmm? So karma and gyan. Hmm? And in its stead, in their stead, Mami come 
Sharanam Praja. Worship me alone. This now it sounds it's getting narrow. Hmm? <laughs> but but if we look carefully, it's it appears to get narrow, but it's getting broad. Hmm? Krishna showed himself to be the hill. Hmm? Is that extraordinary? Jagadavyakta Murtina in the Gita he says, the whole world is inside of me. Jagadavyakta, the world, Murtin, is, is is inside of me. This is not a this is not a, the, a classical theistic perspective where God is up here, divine, and the world is down here profane, and never the two shall meet. Hmm? Neither it is a pantheistic perspective where the world is God. But it's a panentheistic perspective where the world is in God. So the world is God and God is the world and God is beyond the world at the same time. About Vrindavan in the Tantra, Gautamiya Tantra, Krishna says, the forests of Vrindavan are my body. The Jamuna is my Shushuna, my central nervous system. He says, I'm non different than the space in which I'm found. That is Vrindavan. It's not a geographical area, it's a transpatial, uh, trans temporal realm. Yes, sometimes it's, 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 it's placed over certain uh, coordinates in this world and appears to have a certain physical limited location. That appearance is only for the sake of, of Leela. Actually, it's a dom apparat, an offense to the holy dom, to think it is a limited geographical area. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a realm of um, subjective realm, subjective realm. Deep within within the realm of of consciousness, and and so the, the Krishna is non different from the hill. It, it, uh, the whole world, in one sense, is 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 non different. It's possible in Krishna consciousness to worship anything with the idea that this is a shock, a manifestation of Krishna and become fully Krishna conscious. But for beginners, that's not for beginners. For beginners, Krishna says, Sarva Dharman Give everything to me. Forget the Varnashram, forget the Karma Marg, the Gyan Marg, and love me. See my capacity to love. I give myself. You give yourself to me. I give myself in return. We don't find that in the case of the gods. And in Gyan, there's no one to return anything. There's no love. There's just stop from taking. But not giving. So it's a big idea, actually. If you understand Krishna properly. It's not a narrowing sectarian perspective but an inclusive uh, perspective. And the hill, as I said earlier, also showed many forms. 
Um, there is in the Vaidhi Marg, uh, the, 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 the realm of, or the pursuit of reverential love, there's the, uh, the worship of the Shaligram, hmm. another sacred stone or fossil. Hmm. And it's, it's, it's said to take the shape hmm, that it is within certain parameters, object of worship, who has many forms. Hmm? So you can worship the Shalagram with, with, with the spirit of Ram Bhakti, and you'll see Ram in the Shalagram, or Baraha, or Narsingha, hmm? or Gopal. Hmm? What's big of Govardhan then? Hmm? Krishna's, yes, Krishna's, the whole world is in him, as we we're saying. Vrindavan is, is non-different from him. It's his own form. But in the Lili, we're shown that Govardhan in a special way is non, non-different from him, in a particular way. Hmm? And so Krishna is advocating uh, focus on me, your love on me alone. Hmm? And of course, I can reciprocate in kind. Hmm? So this idea, of course, that Krishna is not different from Govardhan has developed over the centuries into the um, the fashion of, if you will, taking a stone from the mountain, Govardhan, and making it the deity in your home, worshiping the stone. Prabhupada used to say, do you think that after studying 30, 30, 40, 60 volumes of theological texts, our conclusion is just to worship a stone. <laughs> so this is something more in that, that stone and that stone worship. And we find that in, uh, in the very example of, uh, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. Okay, so I was saying that um, <clears throat> the idea that uh, Krishna is not different than Govardhan Hill, which he demonstrated in the Leela mm-hmm. for us, although it's unclear how much the inhabitants of Brudge really understood that point, um, because again, he came down from the hill and he began to worship the hill himself, and in their own bhava, they don't think that uh, Krishna is the, is the supreme God, which is what he's teaching in this Leela for all of us, for the Sharanagatas. These are premikas. They're also Sharanagatas, but on top of that, they have prem. If we want to attain prem, we have to become a Sharanagata. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in his example, he is Krishna, teaching how to be a devotee of Krishna. He showed uh, the worship of Govardhan, he used to worship the Shila, and 
he used to garland himself with the mala of the gumja uh, seeds, hmm? which is uh, their common uh, kind of a weed in uh, in uh, in in the Bruj reason uh, re region. It's during the Mukta Charit Lila of Raghunathas Goswami, where Krishna um, plants pearls and they turn into pearl trees. Hmm? Um, he had asked the gopis for some pearls for his cows and they, they dismissed him. So he said, all right, I'll go make my, grow my own pearls. And uh, took some from his mother's jewelry box, planted the pearls, which was a joke because you don't plant pearls and get pearl trees, but he got pearl trees. Hmm? So the gopis were amazed at that. And so then they took all their pearls and planted them, but only weeds came up. So this is, this is a long story, beautiful, beautiful Leela. But um, some have said that, with feeling for the Leela, that what they grew instead was this gunja, gunja, gunja beads, which if we look carefully in the Leela, they're more valuable than the pearls. Krishna is more pleased to be decorated with a mala of these gunja seeds woven together into a, into a wreath than he is with pearls. So the gopis actually grew something more valuable than, than the pearls, hmm? just as, as an aside. But Mahaprabhu used to garland himself with the gunja mala, and then he would worship the shila by weeping in ecstasy and bathing the shila in his tears. Hmm? And then gave that shila, that stone, shila means stone, to Raghunathas Goswami. Hmm? And he told him that uh, uh, this, uh, he told him that this, this stone, this shila, is a shila krishnera bigraha. Hmm? A shila, this stone is the bigraha, the form Krishna of Krishna. Hmm? So, uh, a strong emphasis on his part as to the, the non-difference between the stone, Govardhan Hill, and, and Krishna. And then, in the context of his worship of the, of, of the Shila, hmm? um, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami informs us that the experience, if you will, of Raghunathas Goswami, Pujakale Deke. At the time, Pujakale, at the time of Puja, Deke, he saw Shilaya Prajendra Nandana. He saw the, he saw the Shila stone to be non-different from Krishna, to be Prajendra Nandana Krishna himself. So a very clear uh, emphasis uh, from the point of view of, of Tattva, that Govardhan is Krishna. And the, the Shila, the stone from Govardhan, can be worshipped. Hmm. Raghunathas Goswami is a, is a force of very, very important uh, figure in, in Gauralila. And um, he also uh, is said to have thought said by Krishnadas to have thought, Krishnadas is a disciple of Raghunathas Goswami, as explains at the end of Chaitanya Charitamrita. 
he thought that when he received the stone, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was giving me a place at Govardhan, and when he received the, the Gunjamala, a, a, a place at Govardhan in the service of Radha. Srubhadamara gave him further instructions how to worship the Shila. And it's clear from that that he worshipped him in the spirit of, in, in the mood of Madhurya Rasa. Not that he, Govardhan can't be worshipped in other Rasas, all the inhabitants of, of Braj have a worshipable attitude towards um, uh, Govardhan. So it's become, the point is a tradition within Gaudiya Vaishnavism to worship the stone from Govardhan it, along with the the Gunja, um, Gunja Mala. Uh, here we worship the Govardhan Shila. Uh, I have a little Shila of Govardhan to give a little history. After I um, separated from the ISKCON, the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, after the departure of Prabhupada from the world in some years, trying to work with the, the institution and then feeling that I would be better um, facilitated to fulfill Prabhupada's expectations of me by separating from the, that particular organization. Um, as I did that, uh, Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj, my Siksha Guru, told me that you should worship Govardhan, hmm. Srila. There's a story behind that, but just leave it at that for the moment. So uh, I, he told me that in Navadweep, when I returned to the United States, I met a godbrother of mine, hmm who had not seen in a while, he was a sannyasi, and he said, I have something for you. If you come and see me tonight, I want to, want to give it to you. So the meeting was arranged, I came and he pulled out his two, two stones from Govardhan. He said, I showed these stones to Prabhupada a long time ago. And I said, Prabhupada, in the Brahmanda Purana, it stated that the stones of Govardhan are worshipable, which is kind of funny, and I, I think Prabhupada found it humorous because it's so central to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but he didn't know that at the point, that point, Chaitanya Charitamrita had not been published and so forth. So Prabhupada mused, he, he said, this sannyasi, and, oh, if, if the Puranas say that, it must be so. And then he picked up one of them and looked, and looked at it, and then he looked at the other one and put them both back together. So this sannyasi said, I'm keeping the one he picked up and the one he looked at, I'm giving to you because I know that you'll take good care of him. Hmm? So I received the, the, in this way, the Govardhan Shila. And then at that time, I was on my way to meet with the devotees who had left ISKCON prior to me and were publishing the talks of Sridhar Maharaj in books like Sri Guru and His Grace, Reality the Beautiful, and, and so forth. And when I arrived there, they just happened to be having a conversation about, about, worship of, of Govardhan. And I said, oh, I, I just got this Govardhan, Sheila. And they said, oh, that's very nice. But you don't have the Gunjamala, hmm? which I didn't have. So then they gave me the Gunjamala. Hmm. So uh, here at, um, at at Audaria, we worship the, the Govardhan, Sheila. And we, we and this is a little, little special, a little particular, but we, um, a friend uh, of mine, at my uh, request, I gave some seeds of the gunja, the beads, the seeds, all white ones, and asked that devotee to put them together in a, in a, in a garland. 
and that we 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 garland the Giriraj Krishna with the white uh, Gunjamala, which represents uh, more fully Radha. Gunjamala is typically red, black, and white, which is black Krishna, white Radha, and red their their love for one another, the passion for one another. It's sometimes seen like that. But um, uh, some great Rasikas have, have envisioned a Leela in which mm, either Radha puts together such a garland of white stones, uh, seeds for Krishna, or at her request, one of Krishna's friends does so. He puts it around his arm. He wears it there as a remembrance of Radha. So we garland the Sheila with the white um, Gunjamala beads. And this is, again, a variation, but following in the footsteps of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's own worship and the worship that he gave to Raghunathas Goswami. That said, of course, and I'll, I'll try to conclude with, with this because we're a little over, over time. Um, besides the point that we've made all along that Krishna is non-different from, from, from Govardhan, hmm? um, it's also understood in Gaudiya Vaishnavism that Govardhan, while being Bhagwan and non-different from Krishna, is also a devotee of Krishna, which is not that peculiar to be Bhagwan and be a devotee of Bhagwan. There are other examples we'll get to, but this idea, of course, that Govardhan is a, is a devotee of Krishna, in contrast to Krishna being, Govardhan being Krishna himself, is uh, an idea that uh, is found in the Bhagavatam. There's a verse in the Benu Gita, must be the 20, maybe 21st chapter of the 10th canto, where the gopis are glorifying or speaking about the effects of Krishna's flute. And um, in the context of that, a verse spoken, Sanatana Goswami says, by Radha hmm, um, glorifies Govardhan hmm, as the best servant of Hari, Haridasvarya, hmm, the best servant of Hari. So some devotees have then tried to churn that and make, make, make something out of that. I think that in general, the idea is that the devotees of Braj themselves, these premikas who are Sharanagatas and more, hmm, they have full love for Krishna. They see Govardhan as a devotee. Radha kind of projects her own love uh, on Govardhan and um, thinks of all the ways in which Govardhan uh, facilitates Krishna and his leelas. Uh, some of our acharyas, Jiva Goswami, Raghunathas Goswami, and others have commented on this verse by way of citing I think in Gopal Champu, Jiva Goswami goes through the 64 items of ritualistic worship and how Govardhan provides them all. He provides water uh, from the streams flowing uh, down his mountainside for bathing, caves for shelter from the, from, from the rain and the soft grasses within for a bed for resting. He uh, hosts a, 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 on his... Uh, hillside birds who to chirp and this is kirtan uh, and so on and so forth uh, 
So all of the items of, of, of worship are provided by Govardhan. This way, he, he's the best uh, um, servant. It's a general um, statement. It's a statement that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu recited a verse from Bhagavatam when in Jagannath Puri he saw a mound of uh, sand along the beach, um, a dune of sand, and he, in his vision, it was it turned into Govardhan, such as the magic of his bhava. So he cited this verse. And when he went to Vrindavan, as found in, in the Madhulila in the seventh chapter, I believe, uh, and he uh, came at the foot of Govardhan, another occasion which he cited this verse. So it's, a, it's an important uh, verse from the Gaudiya Vaishnava perspective. And sometimes the Bodhis say, well, question, you know, Govardhan is a, is a, is a devotee of, of Krishna. He may be Krishna, but he's a devotee of Krishna. It's more important that he's a devotee. What kind of, what, who is he? Hmm? Someone just asked me the other day, is Govardhan Radha? She's the best devotee. Well, no. <laughs> Radha's not saying Govardhan is the best devotee and, um, and he and I are not different. Govardhan's not different from Krishna hmm? in the sense of being an expansion of him. Hmm? Um, Radha is non-different from Krishna in a different way as his, as his, his, his Shakti. Shakti and the Shakti Man are one and different. Hmm? But, but Gobran is Bhagwan. So you have an expansion of Bhagwan, another form of Bhagwan, hmm? if you will, is different than a Shakti. Now the idea that the form of Bhagwan at the same time is a devotee, hmm? that's a little bit peculiar. Hmm? Right? Uh, the devotee is Shakti Tattva. Bhagwan is the Shakti Man. Here we have he who is the Shakti Man is also a devotee, but it's not something that hasn't uh, uh, doesn't exist outside of uh, Govardhan, hmm? being Bhagwan and Bhakta at the same time. Um, we find, for example, the most prominent example in Braj of Bhagawan as Bhakta is, of course, Balram. He's Bhagawan. That's for sure. And he is Bhakta at the same time. That's also for sure. And he's a Bhakta in Sakirasa. He's the very personification of, of, of fraternal love. About Govardhan, if we look at him from a bhakta perspective, or as 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 a devotee, as Radha says, the best devotee. Vishwanath hmm? Chakravarti has said that oh, Govardhan, from that vantage point, he is in Sakirasa. So there's some similarity here we find, hmm? if you will, between Balaram and Govardhan in the Don Kali Leela. Hello. Can you still hear me? Nod your head. Yes. Okay. Something happened. Yes. Like, oh, somebody put a picture of Govardhan. Oh, it's our Govardhan. No. It's a, yeah. We can't see his, his, his Gunjamala. Hmm. But anyway, there's a picture of him. So, um, in Don Kelly, Don Kelly is the Leela. There's many iterations of the Don Kelly Leela, some of them preceding Gaudiya Vaishnavism. 
one written by afterwards by Rupa Goswami, one written by Das Goswami, Raghunath Das Goswami. The Dhanakiri Lila is a Lila in which Krishna, there are many forms of it, as I say, that uh, Krishna sets up, claims himself to be the king of Braj in the forest, appoints his friends as ministers and so forth, and then sets up a toll booth and checks the gopis on their path to, uh, for example, to, to, to worship bearing milk products and so forth for a sacrifice arranged by Nanda Marj or whomever um, and uh, tells them they can't pass without paying the toll. Mm -hmm. Of course, what he wants is a toll is Radha's love. Um, and so it's, it's a, there's a, quite an intrigue to it. But in the Don Lila of Rupa Goswami, we find um, Devi speaking through the pen of Rupa Goswami, likening Govardhan to Balaram's expansion and not to, not to say she says oh and then look look at Govardhan hmm? just as Ananda has many heads hmm? so Govardhan has many peaks because Govardhan is not like this but he's rather long hmm? in his shape with many peaks so she said here Govardhan he is better than Ananda Sesh hmm? Ananda Sesh has thousands of hoods and Govardhan has similarly so many hoods. Ananda Sesh holds Vishnu on his lap and Govardhan holds Krishna on his lap hmm? and provides for him a playground for his uh, intimate pastimes. Hmm? He overlooks all of Braj with his many heads and sees all the pastimes. There's no Leela that he doesn't know about. Hmm? So she, Brindadevi, again, through the Pendagrupa Goswami, compares, um, describes it and compares Govardhan uh, uh, to Anantasesh, who's the expansion of Balaram. So there, we could say there's some similarity. On this, this basis, of course, some devotees take a dark stone from Govardhan, worship as Krishna, and a light stone and worship him as Balaram. On top of on top of Govardhan Hill, there's a there's a famous deity of Govardhan Shila that's worshipped as as Balaram. So this this is from then from a Sakiras perspective. Hmm? Sometimes we find this type of worship, and it has, as you can see from what I'm saying, some uh, basis in 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 Tattva. So as we look at Govardhan as as Bhakta, hmm? he is in Sakirasa. Because he is in Sakirasa and is privy to and in a way participates in all of the romantic leelas, and we find it must be the fullest measure of of Sakirasa that he is animated by, if you will. So is there a few thoughts on Govardhan on this auspicious day? Again, I, I'm honored by the opportunity to speak with all of you. Does anyone have a question or comment they'd like to add to the discussion? You have to unmute yourself if you have a question. Guru Maharaj, I have one question here from the Spanish chat from Jay Bhakti. Okay. She's asking, Krishna went on Govardhan but Sri Chaitanya says that he's not worthy of, of going on top of Govardhan. So could you expand on the difference between the relationship and similarities between 
Krishna and Govardhan Mahaprabhu and Govardhan? Well, you want to say that in Spanish? Yes, I'm saying that. Yeah. Pero Sri Chaitanya dice que él no es digno de subir a Govardhan. ¿Podría explicar la diferencia entre la relación y similitud entre Krishna y Govardhan y Mahaprabhu y Govardhan? Yes, thank you. You can you can answer, Guru Maharaj. Okay. Um, well, of course, there's a there's a fundamental difference uh, between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Krishna. Krishna is the supreme enjoyer. Hmm? He is Lila Purushottam, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is a devotee. He is Prem Purushottam. And um, so, sometimes, as I did earlier today, I referred to the Lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Krishna's Acharya Lila. So Krishna's now in the, this is, of course, when he went to Vrindavan, he said his Madhya Lila, which is the center of the uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita, um, and where all the instructions for practice uh, and so forth are found, and, and all of the, so much of the tattva is, uh, is explained by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Rupa and Sanatana and so forth. Um, his conversions largely are found there. So the, the Madhya Lila is really the central of the three, Adi, Madhya, and Andilila, central part of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, from which we're most able to draw teachings uh, that we can implement in our own lives hmm, to realize the ideal of Chaitanya Vaishnavism. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, is in the Madhya, he's in Vrindavan, and he's in the mood of a devotee. So he's not in the mood of Bhagwan. He's in the mood of a devotee, humble devotee, and he comes before Govardhan and he has great uh, respect for Govardhan. Um, and as such, he refuses to walk on top of the hill. There was a famous deity on the hill of, of uh, Madhavendra Puri. And the story of that was fa was famous, and he wanted to have the darshan of the deity, but he wouldn't go up on the hill. Hmm? So he set a particular standard for Godi of Vaishnavas. They don't walk on the hill, but they they, they worship the hill. In that regard, uh, he went to sleep at night, and the deity made an arrangement for invaders to come, and for himself to be hidden be, uh, off of the hill hmm? in a separate place. And uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was informed about it and his desire to have the darshan of Madhavanapuri's deity was fulfilled by the deity himself who, in effect, walked down from the hill hmm, to, to show himself to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But uh, Krishna is, in his leela, he's walking all over Govardhan Hill, Krishna and Balaram and cows and, and so forth. So if you don't walk on Govardhan Hill and worship the stone properly, hmm, and weep becomes the Abhishek, your weeping becomes the Abhishek, the sacred bath, then internally in your Siddharupa, what you will do in your Sadaka Deha, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was teaching one thing, how you will conduct yourself. You won't walk on the hill. But if you do everything that he showed to do in your Sadaka Deha properly, you'll get to a result in a Siddhadeha, a meditative um, internal uh, uh, form of the particular love that your your practices is a cultivation of. 
Sakibhav or Madhuryabhav. And in that form, you can walk on Gordon Hill. Hmm. Another question? There's a couple questions in chat. Okay. Uh, someone has asked, uh, I'll read it, I see it here. Um, in reference to the Gunjamala, nectar devotion, when describing the beauty of Balaram states, his broad chest is decorated with the garland of Gunja. Quote, uh, parentheses, small conch shells. Is that a mistranslation? Or is that another type of Gunja? No, that's the same Gunja prophets trying to... Uh, they look a little bit like conch shells, something like that, trying to bring it into the realm of our capacity to um, understand something about the, the Gunjamala. Same thing. So yes, Balaram wears a Gunjamala. All the coward boys wear Gunjamala. Hmm. That's a, a favorite decoration from the, from the forest. And the, these type, it, of course, the idea again is the Gunjamala the uh, different color clays and so forth that the cowards will decorate themselves with. These natural, uh, simple uh, products of the forest uh, are more valuable than uh, precious gems and so forth, uh, which you can also find along the roadside, <laughs> something like that. Um, so it, it's it's also a way of, of 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 encouraging us to pay attention to uh, what little we may have may not be so little if we understand it properly. Hmm. Hmm. It's a big point there, but okay. Another question. Uh, previous talks, you mentioned that another feature of this pastime is the fact that for the first and question only, perhaps time all the Rasas were present at the same time as the different devotees would see and experience Krishna presence in a relative way. Well, uh, I don't know how well that question is worded. Um, But uh, that is a reference to a verse near the very end of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. There's a famous verse, of course, in the Bhagavatam where Krishna is seen to be the object of the perfect object of love, in that he reciprocates in love in all of the 12 rasas, the five primary and seven secondary rasas. And that is, of course, when he enters into the arena of Kamsas, the wrestling match, and there it's described. The, the wrestlers saw him in this way, his friends saw him in that way, um, the spectators saw him in another way, and you know, all the different Rasas are mentioned. So their subjective vision of him hmm, was such that uh, each saw him in a, in a way that corresponded with their hearts and how they approached him. Um, the verse, however, that um, your question refers to is at the end of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu where Krishna, who is typically seen as the object of love, who is uh, Rasa, is also Rasika. So he is also tasting love. And so in that context, his devotees become the object of love for him. So in relation to them, he's tasting all the different Rasas. So he is Rasa 
itself, and he is rasika. He is rasa as the object of love, and he is rasika as a taster of love. And as he is the object that can can facilitate and reciprocate in all types of love, he simply tastes all types of love. In revert in in the reverses there, and the devotees in that instance are, are the object of his love. Of course, things are going on simultaneously, but. Um, so there the verse explains while he's lifting Govardhan Hill, Rupa Goswami, uh, I think it's his original verse, explains how he, he is in relation to different devotees tasting all the different um, rasas. So uh, the fact that he is doing so is another way of saying that he is the uh, fullest expression of the Godhead. Ryan doesn't taste all rasas. He doesn't reciprocate in all rasas. He doesn't taste all rasas, which is a particular form of Krishna, Narayan, a majestic form. So I hope that answers the question. Um, does anyone know the name of the Govardhan stone worshipped as well? I think he's maybe called Daoji. I'm not sure. He was worshipped on top of Govardhan Hill. Um, I, 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 yeah, he has a name. Um, I'll have to look it up and post it later. Um, okay, okay, so what else? Um, did you ever go on top of Govardhan? Of course not. No, I've never done that. Why do some of the devotees go and some never do? Well, there are different sampradayas. So in the, in the, in the Balaba sampradaya, they go on and go over downhill. They have a different idea about it. It is as reverential towards Govardhan as Gaudi Vaishnavism is, but they look at it in a different way. And I, I can't recall at the moment exactly what their perspective is of why they walk on the hill. So you could walk on it from their vantage point and not walk on it from the Gaudi vantage point and be accomplishing the same, same thing. Um, so I think that's all the questions I see, and we've gone a little, little over time. So I think we'll, we'll conclude there. I hope that the, the discussion here has uh, been helpful to everyone, at least in some small way, to encourage them to, with full faith to give their whole heart to Bhagavan. Shri Krishna. Shri Sri Radha Krishna Ki Jai, Krishna Bhagavan Ki Jai. Kiraj Govardhan Maharaj. Ki Jai, Govardhan Puja Mahamotsavati Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai. Oh, the premium. 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 Oh, the premium.